Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Chaz Smith, cheers. What a day. David Lee Scales. Totally wild day. Up in beautiful La Mirada. How about that? These already got warm a little bit. Right next to where I went to school. It's crazy driving. This is the first time I've driven La Mirada Avenue since graduation, probably. That'd be be Boulevard. Boulevard, sorry. Um, Nostalgic, though, right? It is, kind of. It is. We're at my mom's house right now, recording in the backyard. So I had a nostalgic morning as well. Did you? When was the last time you were in sunny La Mirada? Um, I come every once in a while to visit my mom, but I haven't driven around. I just come straight to her house. Yeah. So today was the first time going. The reason why we're here is we're eating Bubba Coos burritos. Um, Phenomenal so I, Bubba Coos. So I had to drive up to Bubba Coos and see like all the stuff that I used to see when I did live here, and that was the nostalgic part. Did uh, Bubba Coos take over something that you used to used to know and love? Blockbuster. Oh, I know that block. That's where Bubba Coos is? Yeah. That makes on, me love um, it even more. Is it La Mirada Boulevard yeah. and Imperial? Yes. Yeah. That was my Blockbuster. So it's a couple they subdivided it. Okay. But one. The Blockbuster. Yeah. Phenomenal. So Bubba Coos uh, Burritos is our new sponsor. They've been with us for two weeks now. Bubba Coos Burritos.com, I yes. believe, is the website. Uh, Bubba Coos Burritos.com. Nope, just Bubba Okay. Bubacoos.com slash surf. The slash surf is the part that's important to remember. Um, Download the app, save two bucks with your first order, or consider opening a franchise. Bubacoos started in New Jersey. They're surfer skaters. They're moving their way west. There's two locations in California. If you want to get rich off burritos, that's how you do it. Funny thing I was thinking this morning, California needs more burritos like a sand needs more beach. I mean, a beach needs more (laughs) sand, right? Uh, but I was thinking what I got today 
at my Babacu's order was a, I do believe, what is it? A uh, General... General Sal. General Sal's chicken taco. You can't find that anywhere else. These, I'm all about the fusion cuisine, David so Scales. they do have classic burrito options, Mexican options, but the genius here is oh. incorporating... You know when you wake up in the morning, say it's midday, you got Chinese leftovers in the fridge or whatever it is, and you also have a tortilla, you're like, I'm gonna go wild right now. I'm gonna create something brand new. This is honestly exactly what I was, this is how I was dreaming it would be. So I thought, I, I think I might've made a mistake on the app when ordering. I was supposed to add the toppings, which would be like the cabbage slaw and all that sort of stuff. So if you wanna shovel some of the toppings from the nachos onto there, that might, might help it out. I am so happy with the general sow's chicken as it is mm. in the delicious tortilla i couldn't be any happier good um and then i got and i split with you nashville hot burrito so again oh, same yeah. idea those nashville hot chicken sandwiches are insane so good what if you had leftover ingredients but no more buns wrap it up <clears throat> this is new jersey uh innovation right here this is, the, this is the kind of thing that you need new jersey for and when I went into Bubba Coos, guess what's playing on the big screen? Professional surfing? I don't know if you, if it qualifies as professional. It probably does, actually. Rob Kelly getting shacked in North Car or uh, New Jersey. That makes me even happier that they play local legends mm -hmm. all the way out west in mm -hmm. sunny California. Rob Kelly getting shacked in frigid waters in, like, chocolatey dark barrels. Perfect. Looks like it's nighttime. Perfect. I know. I'm so happy with Pete, this whole thing. Pete Mendia on the wall. Is Pete Mendia on the wall? He is, but I'm pretty sure it's him, but it's superimposed. Yeah. So it looks like a regular footer, but it is Pete. And you're just like, that's unless it's a guy, a Yeti who looks like Pete. This Nashville, Nashville hot good. chicken one. I love a Nashville hot chicken sandwich, but sometimes the, the buns overwhelm. In a tortilla, even better. Mm. Tortilla gets out of the way of all the flavor. It's perfect. Yeah. Bubba Coos. And we got nachos. And we got chihuahua, which is like a rice ball nacho thing. So happy. The rice ball I grew to love in Italy, the arancini. Oh, my goodness. So this is like an arancini slash nacho fusion. I mean, it's all about fusion. That's wild. what we need more of. This is wild, dude. So bubbacoos.com slash surf. Or, like I said, consider being a part of the wave that's taking over the U.S. and open up a franchise. I'm going to open up a franchise after this. All right. Let's get on to today's show. Let's do it. All right, Chad Smith, we're going to be um, chewing on food and drinking beer throughout this show. So yeah. listeners are going to have to suffer be, through. I mean, stop by a Bubba Coos and join us. There you go. Bubba Coos. If there is one locally, if not consider opening one uh we got lots of surf news this week actually so much today's a big day in surfing i'm gonna quick recap or quick tease of the news stories then we're gonna go into uh, some follow-up from last week so quick tease make or break just aired this morning for me did it did you watch it i watched episode one uh, you didn't watch i guess how many episodes i'm in i'm in to three already no way yeah so you woke up early to start no i gotta uh did they release them all at the same time yeah i started Last evening, I got a little backdoor teaser to, to all the apps. Who gave you that? Uh, the PR company managing it, which is funny. Do they so, know what you do? Well, here's the thing. I had this email from a total great PR man, right? Like, hey, this is airing tomorrow. Uh, let us know if you'd like to interview anybody. Or I think it was Sage Erickson and uh, the showrunner Warren Smith. 
which can't be, must not be the Warren Smith. It's not. That is the showrunner's name is Warren Smith. Uh, available for interviews, uh, and you know, if you want to see the, if you want to see him, let me know, and I can I can shoot you over a link. So both Derek and I responded, yes, please, uh, and then he he got back right away, and he was like, okay, great. Uh, I'll, I'll, you know, I just have to circle back around and then I'll send you the link dead quiet for the, <laughs> for the rest of the day. Uh, Derek and I figured out how to kind of hack in through the back. Mm. Uh, and so got in ourselves, didn't get, didn't get the link sent. Um, but yeah, so I thought he went, he went back to his people, uh, or WSL or whoever box to box films, whoever and said, Hey, so beach grit wants this. And they said, no, uh, been blacklisted. I, that's what sure what it felt like, but apparently no, we're okay. It just things took longer. So okay. yeah, Derek gets to interview Warren Smith today. Okay, good. Um, on for Dirty Water. I think it'll just be for an article. Got it. Well, so that's big news. We'll discuss it. Um, what were your thoughts? I mean, are we, let's are we going to go give, through? Give more me a minute. Okay. Give me a minute. Let's get to it because it'll take a while to fully break down. Uh, Margaret River opened up. They've run two days of competition so far. Uh, Idolo broke his nose. These are kind of the big stories in follow-up news from last week. Surf ads. Remember when he called in about that head injury and he was going to go to the dock and get it checked out? Yes. Called back in. I'll just explain it to you rather than playing it, but he's totally fine. And the doctor was like, there was no point in coming in. I was right. You were right. (laughs) And I told him, I was like, even if the doc said that, that's terrible advice to give to other people. It's best to err on the side of caution. The doctor ultimately said, keep your eye on it. And if anything, if anything weird is happening, then come back in. Did Surfad feel like a, a sissy for going in? He did a little bit. Yeah. So ultimately what he and I decided texting back and forth was err on the side of caution and also toughen up a bit. Yeah. Do both things. Combo. Combo. It's a combo swell. Yeah. Uh, Cruz Tanofa, remember he got bonked in the head by Tosh Tudor? Sure did. What happened to him? Checked in with his dad last week. His dad said, all is well. No problem. Cruz no, is doing great. No lingering headaches. Nothing at no all. light sensitivity. Kids are resilient. Um, so those two are defying the odds of head bonks, but head bonk trauma. I learned last when we talked about it last, I'm done giving bad medical advice. <laughs> if you bonk your head, go to the doctor. Absolutely. Especially if you bonk your head. Yeah. Um, somebody else called in. Remember we were talking about Red Bull? Yeah. Somebody called in who worked for Monster and said oftentimes when the person's on the podium drinking the Monster. It's water. It's water. Of course. Confirmed. That's why they That's why they make, uh, have you ever seen, have you ever gotten one of the Monster waters? No. How would you? Oh, I used to get them at skate contests when I would frequent skate contests on Cersei's arm. Oh, really? Uh, in the, whatever, athlete area, they would... Of the, I think Monster used to sponsor Street League is what it was, and maybe they still do. Uh, but you'd have to dig deep and find the one that was water, like it was always in there. But uh, like they accidentally put it in? No, no, they were there because I think Monster. Nothing against Monster. I'm sure it's a fine company, fine place to work. I think Monster tastes so awful that nobody can even barely choke it down, even really? even if they're pretending. But people love it. Some people love it. I think 909 loves Monster. I think if you live in Riverside, you are born with the monster gene. Um, I thought they put the water ones in there in the athlete area because water, water is really what the athlete wants. Water you know? is the athlete definitely doesn't want monster. Gotcha. 
What about that conspiracy theory about monster being associated six, six, six. with yeah six 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 and devil claws and yeah. all that sort of stuff? It's a good one. Except for isn't Hansons who started Monster weren't they uh, vaguely Christian somehow? I have no idea. I think Were they, they? might have been. Everybody's Christian, or everybody thinks they're religious until a big paycheck shows up, no. or or an opportunity to corrupt without anybody knowing. An opportunity to make a satanic energy drink brand. Exactly. <laughs> Um, okay, so more follow-up. Do you want to hear from our favorite caller of all time? Yes, please. So I think Hannah, I've determined... Um, Are you talking about Hannah? Hannah. <laughs> from this call, I've determined that um, she thinks, or she's supposed to be calling in weekly. Okay. I didn't know that. I didn't either. And then right now she goes, well, I just... Um, I forgot to call in last week, so I'll make up for it this week. Great. So she thinks she's on a weekly cycle. Hannah, for the record, if you don't want to call weekly, don't feel obligated. Um, if you have something important to say, call, by all means. Hey, guys. Hannah from Australia here. Uh, sorry I forgot to call in last week. I'm glad we all had a uh, good 420 day. Got the lies. Sounds like someone had a little bit more fun at Coachella than anyone else. Um, what's my question this week? Do you think we should just cancel the WSL? Just cancel. Cancel it. Australia only. Just leave it in Australia. Anyway, that was a shit call. On my arms. Totally forgot, guys. We need to get funding for Kelly's Crocs. So I've set up a GoFundMe account for Kelly Needs Crocs. So if anyone out there can see Kelly, just go up with him. Pair of Crocs, pink, blue, black, gold, whatever colour you like. Just give Kelly some Crocs. So just again... That uh, GoFundMe page is uh, Kelly needs Crocs. We need funding for his Crocs. Bon voyage. That's actually a pretty good idea to start a GoFundMe for something that costs, what do Crocs cost, 30 bucks? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to, to really to really go out, ask everybody friends, chip in call, a Yeah, everybody chip in. If you got five cents, put it in there. I wonder if you could get 30 Look at that's how long it took me to do the math of how many pennies were in $30. I wonder if you could get 300 pennies. Nope. Is that $3? <laughs> oh, that'd be $3. Wait, so 30 pennies, 3,000 pennies. Would then be $30. Yeah. Yeah, 3,000 pennies. I want, could we get 3,000 people to chip in one cent each? Yeah, I think we could. Okay. I don't know. GoFundMe's got to have a minimum setup. Even just doing the digital math, or the digital transfer would cost more. That's true. Um, but Hannah. Hannah? I love the fact that Hannah is committed to seeing Kelly in Crocs. I googled GoFundMe Kelly needs Crocs. Couldn't find it, uh, but there is a GoFundMe set up for nurses who need Crocs. So you could oh. donate a pair of Crocs to a nurse. We should donate Crocs to nurses in the name of Kelly Slater. I'd be okay with this. Yeah, I do like the fact that nurses wear Crocs. Like that is their chosen shoe. How did the clog? become the shoe of both nurses and uh, restaurant workers and is it like 
a lot more comfortable. It's What's... supposed to be. That's the thing. If you're on your feet all day, that's the ultimate footwear. A clog. Something not like well bogging down your heel. Not just a clog, a crock. Sure, but... A squishy, squishy clog. But you see chefs always have those full-on clogs, right? They're like... I thought sh- those were... Crocs? I think a Mario Batali. Yeah. He wears Crocs. He does, but I think there's like a specific chef croc. I really? mean, not croc, a clog okay. that like serious chefs wear. But I think clog is wooden sole, which wouldn't be comfortable. It's true. They're not They're not wooden soles. They're squishy, but they're a like traditional Amsterdamian clog shape. We got to get to the bottom of this. We do. Chefs, call in. Please. Explain yourselves. Please. Um, okay. So we're all caught up. Make or break. Okay, let's get into let's make get a break. Into it. Let's do a full film review right so now. So you watched episode one. Yeah, well, baby woke up at 4.30 this yep. morning. Talk about, we had a rough di- morning, both Chaz and I, rough start to the rough. day. It started with a 4.30 wake-up call. So so you watched? But I was pleased to see when I turned on the TV, boom, made a break. Are, are they all, did they drop all the episodes at once or are they are they leaking them out? I, th- I saw six. I don't know if that's all of them. That's six. Okay. So yeah. there are six episodes. Mm-hmm. So, what did you think? Did you watch start to start to line to line? Yeah, I watched episode one from beginning to end, and I thought it's good. Firstly, it's good. Just I'll say that right out of the gates. Um, it wasn't super compelling. It wasn't. I'm not like compelled to go home right now and catch up with episode two and beyond but i i thought it was well done it was very well made it was entertaining um i thought it validated exactly what we've been saying all along about you know what the tour needs fewer surfers and only the surfers whose surfing is compelling well the strength of this is that they picked a couple of storylines of the surfers who are most compelling and so when they actually cut to the actual surfing, it's good surfing that we actually want to see. Continue. Okay. Um, but what they did really well was humanize the athletes and unpack stories that the WSL doesn't take the time to do on their broadcast. Partially. Okay. There was more they could have gone into. But, so, but again, that constraint of 45 minutes or whatever it was, I thought it was well done. Episode one, I watched and was completely and utterly underwhelmed. I thought this what is this this is this is wslpr the excuse me man just this barbecue is so <laughs> delicious uh the problem should i go negative first or should i go positive first i'm gonna go I negative you'd have positive oh i have positive i'm gonna start negative though uh the there's too much wsl in right like the voices are joe turpel chris cote uh, the people they interview are Stace, Stace Galbraith and, uh, what, Luke Kennedy, I think, are the surf journalists. We're nothing against those guys, but it's all super vanilla, right? And there's no, like, the WSL, you realize, has is not very chill. It's not a good, it's not good. It's not entertaining. It's irritating. It is, and these guys in episode one did a better job box-to-box films did a better job of telling the WSL story than the WSL did, right? There's still way too much WSL. Like, WSL needs to stink in, to me, and this threw it all into real stark relief, needs to clean house. It needs new announcers, new voices, a whole new way of doing things, which having Joe Turpel's voice open the thing, like, 
is obnoxious and annoying. And it, it still felt like WCL is the wall of positive noise is still so there. Uh, and box to box is creeping around it now. But it seemed like box to box didn't do enough work in the margins of like, what do the surf fans actually think, right? right. It's all from <laughs> WSL perspective and uh, then the outside voices they have are tepid and bland until you get into episodes two and three. Uh, still too much WSL. You realize the WSL is just sort of unfixable with what it is. I mean, they truly do need to clear house, right? Like every voice needs to go away. They need a, they need a full reset based upon this. So episode two follows Philippe, uh, Toledo, uh, Idolo, and Gabe. You really get inside into Gabe. Gabe leaving his family, uh, you know, hooked up with Yasmin, which is funny in retrospect, I suppose. Yasmin says at some point, like, his his family or people think I'm going to wreck his career, which... She says that? Yeah, which wow. she clearly did, uh, or derail it, certainly. But that insight is... Great. It's it's compelling. Most compelling. I haven't even finished four, five, six. Episode three. Guess who episode three focuses on? Who? Matt McGillivray and Morgan Siblick. By far the most interesting. Why? Uh, you have Jay Bottle Thompson, who I never had much time for. Uh, not like as their coach. They ask him how he got his nickname. He says, I can't say this on air. It has something to do with my anatomy, basically, <laughs> uh, which is funny. The whole thing, it really starts to click with the no-namers because Morgan and Maddie are are like seeing their grind is something you don't see at all, right? Uh, that was I, – I knew really nothing about Morgan other than he was kind of – had a veneery smile. Uh, I didn't know that he was like a – He's kind of a full Aussie, like, good old boy, right? Goes to the club drinking late and whatever it was, like, that I didn't know. I knew episode one focuses more or less on Tyler Wright's story. Yeah. Uh, which is, everybody knows it, right? There was There's no surprises. Anybody in surf knows it. Uh, maybe it'll be compelling to a non-surf audience, but I don't know. Uh, getting, I knew Gabriel's story, but getting more back info there was great. But then again, on to three, the ones I knew nothing about were the most fascinating, which was fun. The, so yeah, I'm enjoying it moving forward. The real problem I have though, besides the WSL-ification of it, too much WSL, is you realize, unfortunately, which we've touched on, there is absolutely no stakes in professional surfing. Right. Where at the start, they try with the hyperbole, where they say, that, like I loathe hyperbole so much, but they say, uh, something, who is it? It's Rabbit, maybe, who says these are the like the greatest athletes on earth, or this is the greatest collection of yeah. professional surfing athletes we've ever had at one yeah. time, which is blatantly not true. Uh, them talking about how dangerous it is, like this is life or death out there, right? Showing pipeline, life or death, where then it cuts to Kelly, talking about the life or death, says, yeah, guy dislocated his arm out there a couple of days ago. Uh, which is if those are the stakes, a dislocated arm in warm water, and then you know Kelly tries to if that happens, who know you know you get pinned to the reef and da 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 da, and of course we know pipe is dangerous. We know it. There are actual stakes. Uh, that is like the hyperbole they they overlay that with makes it a farce. I think, and that's the problem is there's no stakes for anyone. You fall off tour, who cares? You 
surf a bad heat, who cares, right? Like them trying to amp up and make stakes in here for anybody. When you get to Morgan and Matt, there are actual, that's the first time there is actual sort of stakes. Uh, this is either this guy's career or not, right? These kids aren't going to starve. They clearly live beachside towns and they might, they'll have to go back <clears throat> doing some other job. Uh, they won't be a professional surfer, but big deal, right? Well, they will. That's the, that's why there's no stakes is they will still be a professional surfer in F1. If you crash a million dollar car, that's a stake. Yep. You could die. That's yep. a stake. And if you, Get fired. Yeah, if you get fired, there's no other way to make a living. Yeah, driving anything else. Yeah. you know, uh, you go to be a forklift driver or yeah. something. So in professional surfing, Gabriel Medina can opt not to compete next year, and he'll still make millions of dollars from his sponsors and live the same exact lifestyle. Precisely, and and them, I think box to box is as I mean, I'm again thoroughly enjoying it. Uh, but that's a real problem of keeping making this thing think we gotta we've gotta build stakes here, right? There are stakes. Yeah. It's very obvious to I suppose somebody who's watch surfing, but I would imagine to the viewer at home, oh, what are they talking about? There is no stakes. Right. These people there is there is literally no stake. Well, I haven't watched those episodes, so let's talk about Tyler Wright. Um I felt you're absolutely right about the WSL's kind of oversight in this. I felt like Tyler Wright was kind of um, rewriting history a little bit. Sure. Like that's not the way things, when they're shooting the um, interviews, whether the, whatever those are called, confessional interviews, you know, she's, it's all done in hindsight, of yep. course. And she's talking about surfing's been very sexist. She doesn't need hindsight to know that. But uh, the, our event, our, our tour starts at uh, Honolulu. The men's starts at Pipe. Well, then because of the shark attack, she gets a chance to surf Pipe. And she's talking about wanting that chance and all that sort of stuff. The way that we saw it all play out, and she did end up going on to win the event at Pipe, but the way that we saw it play out was she didn't surf proper Pipe. She never got barreled at Pipe. So her talking about wanting the chance and the way that they edit it makes it seem like She's campaigning to do the uh, charge the waves in equal measure as the men are charging them at this harrowing spot. But then she never actually follows follows up on that and promise. Ex except also the show leads you to believe that, that, she, that she did. Exactly. Yeah. And so the way that she's talking in her confessional makes it seem like she did. And the way that they tell the story makes it seem like she did. But she didn't. Yeah. And then even this year, they were given the opportunity. And the back behind the scenes rumor was she's the one who opted not to compete on the day of days. Yeah, precisely. And then they ran it on the next day that was less good. Completely. It which still didn't get barreled. Which that episode in particular seems the most like whitewashing of history or scrubbing of history. It really and, does. And prepackaged. Yeah. Uh, which makes me think they were worried going in a little bit on season one of having enough compelling storylines. It seemed like the... Kelly's storyline didn't pan out, right? Like, Kelly's only in the first episode, what? I mean, they focus on him and John John kind of and stuff, but... Barely. Yeah, it's... It, and they so, let him tell the story of Pipeline mainly was his purpose. Precisely. But I think that they were probably hoping there was so, something there that didn't happen, like Kelly surfing against John or something, right? Like, that that narrative would happen and it didn't. And so then they go to Tyler's narrative uh, thinking, okay, this will sell broadly. It's, you know, woman, LGBTQ... 
It's well, who's going to say a bad thing about that? Precisely, only and so, us. And and that's you know and precisely, mean? and that's how you lead the show, right? Which again, that episode, when I like, I got halfway through that and thought, if this is it, they absolutely blew it. Like this well, is so. That's where I talk about WSL oversight. I just felt like the box to box producers don't know it well enough to fully understand what's what the real story here is. Yeah. Because to me, the most compelling story of that entire event was the women not surfing. Yeah. Pipe, sure. proper pipe. But, but they don't know, right? Box to box doesn't know. Yeah. Which... And so the WSL says, no, this is the storyline over here. And Tyler Wright's saying, this is the storyline over here. And they're missing the actual storyline. And when you have Luke Kennedy and Stace Galbraith as your two external voices, as, you know, your surf journalists or whatever... They're not going to, they're, you know, yes men from the, from the get, right? I mean, so you're not going to get any like, wait a second, which I would love, would have loved in uh, the Brazilian Storm episode, they tuck their camera quickly into the, and ain't that swell uh, live thing, which looks so fun. Have you ever seen those things? Yeah. I mean, I've only seen Instagram pictures and all that. The footage from the floor it looks epic, right? They throw it, a party. It looks like such a great show. Yeah. Uh, but I would have, and, and Vaughn, of course, would be positive too, but I would love to see them ask Jed Smith, you know, like, what's happening here? Or, or and maybe Nick Carroll comes along, but this, this com- I mean, to your point, I suppose, an utter lack of outside voices helping drive the narrative. So WSL or Box to Box thought, this is the narrative we'll be able to sell. Let's build an episode around this. Yeah. Which is... Not you know they do show warts, uh, but it's yeah it is it is definitely a scrub. Well, here's a different another thing that they did not go into that um, the WSL never went into that I've been dying to know the backstory of Tyler Wright's illness. Yeah, they refer to it and Tyler Wright addresses it in two sentences and say. I had this thing. I forget what it's even called. Post-viral syndrome. Yeah. Some super vague post-viral syndrome, which means you're really effed up. Yeah. That's how she explains it. And then I was gone for two and a half years. Yeah. What? Yeah. That Fun- doesn't add up. Funny. I just reread, uh, remember her long ESPN interview? Yeah. I just reread that where she does go into into detail about it and all that. But yeah, that lacking from the storyline of I got sick and then I was gone for two and a half years. But again, the problem is when you're hyping this thing as crazy dangerous, as all superlative and people are disappearing for whatever reasons for, you know, not saying that Tyler wasn't totally sick and whatever, but clearly like people come in and out of pro surfing. It is not life or death stakes for anyone. Yeah. She can come back and then win the first event of the season. Uh, Gabriel can come back and get wild cards the rest of the season. Right. So we'll talk about that too. But while we're on the topic of Tyler Wright disappearing, where the heck is Caroline Marks? Where did she, is she gone? She's gone, dude. Disappeared. Did she fall off to her? No, she didn't make the first event of the season because of COVID. Yeah. Or I don't know if she actually said COVID, but she withdrew for health reasons. And then she withdrew from sunset for health. Actually, I think she showed up at Pipe. I'd have to actually double check, but I know for sure she withdrew from Sunset for health reasons. And didn't go to Australia. Didn't go to Australia and uh, has not mentioned anything on social media. The WSL hasn't mentioned anything. She's just on hiatus. The only thing that was stated was withdrawing from Sunset due to health concerns. I mean, interesting. 
She's posted like four Instagrams in the last two months, and they're all sponsored. I, I mean, it's literally meeting her sponsor obligations. Quicksilver or Roxy needs this many. She's hitting that many with a little hashtag sponsored. I suppose it's a surf journalist job to get to the bottom of this. <laughs> I was going to put it on your lap. <laughs> um, so that's interesting. Yeah. And I really do feel with her and with Tyler, I don't know, again, anything about Tyler's post-viral thing, but the weight of the world is on their shoulders. Like for both of them, they had really, really uh, oversized expectations from the time they were young teenagers. And I don't know that you can carry that weight for a decade. But again, I will argue that there's no weight. Like that there's, since there's no stakes, they're like, but when you, they get bored. If that's all you know. If that's all you know. Then it, it feels very real. I mean, I suppose, I don't know that it does. I don't know that they, they did not, they have not convinced me yet that it feels like the amount, again, of hyperbole that gets laid over it makes me think that they're going above and beyond to uh, try to make this seem like a major, major, major deal where that seems like a miss to me, where pro surfing at its hardcore level is not, not that major a deal. Yeah. But, oh, that's the other thing too. You haven't gotten there yet. Uh, the waves get really bad in two and three, uh, of course, right? Because they yeah. were at Narrabeen and, uh, and uh, where Newcastle. Newcastle, right? Which... Had some days, but overall, like, and so these guys are, like, they go from pipe to real slop, proper slop, and they, it's all well shot, uh, but there's no kind of, it's still WSL superlative speak of all of it, right? Yeah, like, yeah. pumping out there, guys, when, when everything's pumping, when those pipe, that pipe footage they have is epic, right? Yeah. Beautiful pipe. Going to knee-high Newcastle, it's pumping. Like, well... What's interesting is um, Morgan Siblick and Connor Coffin were both in the top five last season. Yep. They're both behind the cut line now by a large margin. They're probably not going to make it. And I thought that was an indictment of last year. Because even last year we were saying these guys probably shouldn't be top five. They're only top five because we're running in beach breaks. I wonder what you do with that. If people are coming into this show and then the hope, theoretically, right, is that you translate – interest and viewership of an, from a non-endemic audience of make or break into watching the tour. Correct. If you're not watching, the, if they're not coming over, migrating, uh, then the show in and of itself is has little value to the WSL because what? Like they're not getting paid, if anything, they're not getting that much from a production standpoint. Whole point is to migrate people over. When these people migrate over, and they like I don't know how their you deal with the, gone. their people are gone yeah. and also Gabby's divorced from Yasmin now and doing something else like I don't know how you address that the lag in production time is the problem for the sure fact but, that it comes out a year later but I wonder if there if it would be valuable for them to stick a little text box at the end like at the end of the season you know or stay tuned for next season Yasmin and right. Gabby divorced something 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 uh, stay tuned for next season both Morgan and McGillivray are gone. Right. Like where, cause I don't know that dissonance seems like if I, I know obviously because I watch surfing and pay attention and then watch the show. So I know what's happening. But if you didn't know and you thought this Morgan Siblick, I'm going to go to, I'm going to watch this guy surf. And then you log on after Margaret saying he's cut. Well, where did he go? Right. Well, so judge the success of the show 
based on do you think it can convert the audience or not to become WSL event viewers? The thing I think that will be the biggest hurdle is, again, to say it for the 18th time, the lack of sta actual stakes. Uh, I think that if you come over, if you watch the show and you become a fan, say, of Idolo, right? And you say, the way they packaged that Brazilian Storm thing, especially that episode, was this real tension between Gabriel and Idolo, like a proper rivalry, right? And Brazilians smashing all comers and all this kind of stuff, right? Like the, the narrative was sort of the one you know. The thing, they really leaned into Idolo-Gabe rivalry, which I don't know that that's necessarily not true, but I, I don't think that's necessarily true. I think they need It's needed, not a personal rivalry. Yeah, they, they tried to it's make on it... paper, maybe. They tried to make it more Gabriel is serious, Idolo is fun, Idolo always has fun, you know, but... So you get on this year and you look and think, what? But anyway, the lack of stakes. I think you watch Make or Break, you think, yes, I want to go watch Idolo surf. You log on, you see him kind of being weird, and you see, like, him surfing against a bottom seed. I don't know. Right. I, don't, I don't know how you stay interested. Yeah. I don't know yeah, how you yeah. think, oh, that so good. Elo won. I, I was watching it from the perspective of, is this going to do what it's intending to do? You know? And I thought it will, but only to the degree that I predicted last week, which is it's not going to do what the ultimate fighter did for the UFC. No, it's going to incrementally grow the audience a negligible percent. Which, if they wanted mass growth, again, I will say, you have to clean house. You have to treat the WSL like make or break, right? You have yeah, to have yeah. the cameras everywhere showing all of the fighting. The wall, wall of positive noise has to come down. You have to have people who are not afraid to say negative things, to speak truth. Like, we've got a glimpse now of truth from make or break. A glimpse that does not exist whatsoever on a WSL broadcast. Yeah. And they're going to, if they want, I think if they want it to come poured over, they're going to have to add that drama and that uh, behind the scenes access into the regular WSL broadcast. Yes, totally. Because then you might, you might get engaged, right? Like yeah. if instead of showing a stay tuned screen and then come back on to Joe Turpel, like yeah, yeah, yeah. spinning whatever non nonsense he's spinning. If you had a camera in the locker room with somebody frustrated or fighting or you know yelling at their coach or yeah, uh, is it Andy King who was Gabe's coach? Yes. Uh, a lot of tears as they go on. Like oh, really? every, multiple people crying in the confessional. And he's winning all the time. So what are they crying about? And, uh, Andy King was crying just about what happened to him in the past, and you know everybody. Okay. I think they're good at like kind of breaking people down to get them to cry, to open the, you know, to talk until you cry kind of thing. Um, but, oh, what was I going to say about Anna King? Can't remember. I'm but, not sure. Oh, you could tell like uh, he's Gabe's coach. They focus on that coaching relationship. You see the annoyance that Gabe has looking at like, and Yasmin too. Yasmin comes up at some point and tells him, hey, go surf and have fun out there. Go have fun out there. He shoots so many daggers through her with his with his really? eyes. It's shocking. And he look over real dismissively at Andy King a lot. If you had WSL cameras capturing that in real time, where you get an insight into Gabe, right? Gabe knows what he's doing, and maybe he needs to be told stuff, but he doesn't want to be told stuff. And any tension like that starts to maybe make a narrative that would be interesting to an outside party. 
Are you, uh, speaking of WSL's broadcast, are you watching Margaret River? Did you watch yesterday? I didn't. I was I was actually, oddly, and maybe, uh-oh, WSL, I was watching Make or Break instead of <laughs> King Law, and I was like, nope, I'm keeping on here. Looks like they might run today. I don't know if you're available or not. 4 p.m. our hmm. time. I'll have it somewhere. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah, I'll peek in. I heard wild and woolly conditions. Yeah, so that's, as much as I don't uh, think I'll like Margaret River, I do like it. I mean, the, the, it's mushy. The rawness of Western Australia is always somewhat compelling. It is in the way. I mean, sunset's a better version of it, you know, but um, there is something compelling about, again, man versus nature is what that is. But there's only certain surfers who can actually um, surf well on those waves. So, again, it comes back to everything we just say over and over again, where you, you turn it on. You're like, wow, this is man versus nature is compelling. But you watch three heats where nobody does anything interesting. And then John John's heat, and you're like, oh, yeah, this keeps me engaged. Yeah. The uh, John John, of course, I mean, I haven't even read anything about it I, other than John John was the set the standard. Uh, and Kelly lost. Those are the only things I read about it. What? Who, who were these standouts besides John John? Well, let's start by saying they showed up in the morning. It was 25 feet. I mean, totally insane. Like huge closeouts, like it looks like a proper big wave spot more than it does you yeah. know, a surfable, rippable spot. Um, the fisheries boat, I forget, the fishery department's patrol boat that is out there kind of surveying for sharks before they start the event almost got closed out. Nice. Did you see that? No, I didn't oh see anything. Oh, my gosh, dude. This boat's giant. And a rogue set pops up and they start gunning it and they make it, they go straight over it. But the shot of it like cresting over the top of the breaking wave is harrowing. Nice. Totally insane. Love it. Uh, Action. But then the waves settled down a little bit later in the morning. They ran the most of round one in um, 10 plus foot surf, like fairly groomed. There were sections. And so it was actually good. They didn't finish the, um, the entire round. Because they had to start so late? I don't know. I think didn't, the, didn't, didn't they delay it for a minute? I don't know, to be honest. I um, didn't at a certain point. I think after John John seat, I stopped watching. So I don't know if it was the conditions deteriorated or what. Um, but uh, yeah, it was. Again, it it only validates what we kind of continuously say about there needing to be fewer surfers on tour. And I hate to beat the dead horse, but I feel it more and more strongly every time we watch an event. If if and watching Make or Break, and like I said, where there's really only the few storylines that we care about, and also only a few of the surfer surfing that we care about. Once you get to Siblick and McGillivray, where all of a sudden I'm keyed in. I mean, I don't want them on tour, I suppose, but I wanted their stories. Their stories were fun. So let's talk about this cut and Gabriel coming back after the cut. Um, somebody on Inst or on uh, Twitter posted a spreadsheet explaining who's gonna who's totally safe and who's at risk of not making the cut uh dependent upon their results at margaret river and it, and it shows what place they need to get at margaret river in order to make the cut and ultimately 14th place which is chloe andino and jordy smith are totally safe okay. they can get last place at margaret and they'll still call. so they're fine those two are fine uh everything below them which starts with Connor O'Leary, Nat Young, Jake Marshall, Sammy Pupo, Jackson Baker, Connor Coffin, Zeke Lau, Luca Messinas, Owen Wright, Morgan Siblick. All need to place something better than last in order to qualify. So need to make it through one. At least. Okay. And each has a different. But so, so once it gets into elimination rounds, blood is going to 
be spilled. Every almost but, every heat. But the only thing that I really wanted to say about this whole spreadsheet is everybody that's potentially on the chopping block, we don't really care about anyways. No. Like some people might have nostalgia for Owen Wright. You yeah. know, like, oh, I loved him and I want him to continue. But the reality is none of these people are really contending for a world title ever. No. I don't think they're even contending to win an event. And so looking at it goes, why are we even doing the cut? Just get rid of them from the get-go. We don't need that many people just to tell us in what we already know. I don't know, though, why, again, watching McGillivray and Siblick and becoming interested in their stories, I don't know why the WSL doesn't treat it I'm sort of like America's Next Top Model or uh, whatever, The Voice or something, where they get you invested in everybody and then they start chopping them down. And because that's compelling, right? The midseason That'd be a cut good show. The, but even if they could figure it out, look at how much stinking dead time there is in a WSL broadcast. What if they actually hired a person who knows how to make content and or they did hire? I mean, I mean, yeah, which purportedly, which, which yeah, I mean, and, and old Elo should be taking his victory lap on uh, on make or break, like. From all I can tell, this thing is going to work, yeah. and he he deserves whatever praise he gets for it, right? Yeah, I'm going to say. Well, the funny thing is, he's less involved in this than anything else that he's made. Completely, but but still, it's it's rude to hold him accountable. <laughs> it's like you go to your mom's house and she got takeaway. You're like, this is the best meal you ever made, mom. Yeah, you know. But hey, mom got takeaway. Elo got us good takeaway. <laughs> you got uh, takeaway. The. But I don't know how you're not. Instead of having Joe Turpel blather on, yeah, just have little like make me interested in in the bottom half of the tour. So well, not with canned interviews. But they don't. But the thing is, my point is, yeah, I, I guarantee, I agree with you. That episode's probably very good. They don't need to be on tour. Make me interested and then cut them. Or like, there's plenty of documentaries about, you know, people who didn't achieve greatness in their sport, but. They're an interesting person, and it's a compelling documentary. So I believe that those kids are interesting, and their plight is interesting. But that's totally different than running a world tour that's supposed to be the best surfers in the best way. Somebody uh, mentioned in Beach Grit, if this cut's such a good idea, which it is, why don't we start that's cutting from, but from the beginning? Like, cut five surfers. Each event. Every event. Like, you're gone. You're below but here, you're gone. You're the below reason here, why gone. that doesn't work is that math professor's call last week, which was... There's so much noise right now. There's too many surfers that randomness exists. Sure. So Kelly Slater could get cut or John John or Gabriel could get cut in event one. And that's not fair because it is too randomized because there's too many surfers. Well, tough, tough luck, I think. Like, uh, not, no, no, but that's not the right way. That'll just get you to a different version that also has problems. I think you have to have a small enough a number of surfers to where everybody gets a equal chance in the waiting period and in the window of swell. And then you can really see who is better than one another and the one who isn't as good, then apply what you're saying, cut them. But you can't start with 32 because the randomness cut. will take over. That's true. Randomness is a problem. Huh? Right now it because is. Because like, Ameri- it's too many. America's next top model. People are genuinely more beautiful than others. Yes. And they will survive yeah. at least at first noisy round. But, but with this... Uh, with American Idol, they throw in the random ones just to make fun of them. Sure. You know, like, let's add more people so that we have, like, the bloopers reel, essentially. Yeah. If we want to wipe out reel, then we can add those guys. Mm. Um, 
Gabriel Medina coming back after the cut. This seems completely arbitrary. Obviously, he's a world champ, and he took, um, let's say, an injury wild card is what we can call this for the mental break. But it's arbitrary in the fact that can he do this next year? Would they allow Luca Messinas to have done this this year? No, I'm all I'm all for this because to me this makes a clear mockery of both wild the idea of wild cards, injury wild cards, all of it. I don't care about any of that. I don't care about fairness. Yeah. I want to see the best surfer, uh, the best surfers, right, and the most interesting surfers. Yeah. And Gabriel Medina is both of those things, to be honest. So, however, you need just stop making a stop making it seem like there's an actual process that the injury wild card is serious and or whatever. Just say. Sorry, everybody. We literally will give this to the, the, the stinking Taj Burrow wanted to come back. Probably give it to him because he's more interesting than Lucas Messinos, right? They gave it to Mick to come back to Bells. Precisely. Yeah. And so, like, and not not that giving it to old men is the, is the solution. Right. But always give it to the person that the people want to see, I think. And who has a chance at winning an event yeah. and a title. Yeah. Um, I agree with you. I'm totally fine with it. Uh, it does highlight surfing is subjective and they try to apply objective judging to it and it's a kind of fuel futile effort this feels the same way yeah this is um they're going to make a subjective decision anyway but they do create rules that they almost always bend and break <coughs> for their own narrative completely i mean which again we're fine with and by the way i'm fine with surfing being subjective for the judging too. Sure. I mean, yeah. like I'm literally, I mean, that's what I would like. Why can't the judges watch a heat and then subjectively say this guy served better? Yeah. We're not even going to score every wave. Yeah. We're just going to say, okay, I mean, I know that it provides drama and yeah, yeah, whatever, yeah. injury heat, but I'm fine with all of it. It's all subjective and it's all a joke and we love it. Gabriel um, has a chance at winning a title, by the way, if you crunch the numbers. For sure. He has a good chance. I mean, for sure. Yeah. Like nobody... Nobody dominated uh, after, yeah, nobody's dominated all well, year. even still, last year, Siblick and Coffin had 25,000 points to make it to the top five. And 10,000 points is awarded to first place. So Gabe could win G-Land. Yeah. He could win Rio. He could, he could win, win Chopu. He, win he could, I mean, I wouldn't put money on him for El Salvador necessarily, you know what I mean? But... The numbers probably, the need will probably go up because of the cut. There'll be fewer surfers garnering more points. So maybe it gets bumped up to 35,000 as the minimum, but I think he can get 35,000 points, no problem. How frustrated is Philippe Toledo, who That's had it sewed up? He I had know. it sewn right up. As long as he can make it to the top five, which he's, what is he currently? First. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he uh, had the whole thing sewn up, yeah. headed into trestles with Gabe's return. That now is no longer guaranteed. Uh, he could still beat Gabe at Trestles. At El Salve, maybe. I mean, he could still, but it doesn't matter. He just has to top five, right? I think yeah, Philippe's just, uh, I'm getting to the top five and essentially the top two or three, just so you don't have to surf all day. Yeah. But that, this was Philippe's year to win it, and Gabe came back to spike it. I'd put my money on Gabe at Trestles over Philippe 10 times out of 10. Yeah. Just because of his tenacity and sure. like his steel mind. I feel like Felipe's got a little bit of feebleness, feeble-mindedness. I mean, I feel that Felipe it would be scared to lose. And I don't think Gabe is really scared to lose. It's just an older brother thing. It's yeah. just he's got the Jedi mind trap on yeah. him, you know? 
Um, do you think that Gabriel comes back as strong as he left us? No idea. I mean, again, the peak into Gabriel was super interesting. Make or break. He is a uh, sort of inscrutable man. Like, it's really hard, even in the his home life and stuff, to think what he's thinking or to see what he's thinking, right? Like, the rest you can. Idolo, you can see... You know, with enough footage, you can see Morgan, Matt McGillivray, whoever else they focus on. You can either see what they are or what they're trying to sell. Gabriel's like a blank, blank wall. I think all of those other examples, they want to be liked and they also want to, they realize that vulnerability or showing some of themselves makes them more relatable and will allow them to be more liked. Gabriel doesn't have one ounce of that. And he's and, and they show and you know I don't know again the hyperbole really kills me because I I just think it's unnecessary I would like a a instead of like trying to hype me up artificially I would just like the true story so they show Gabe in Brazil of course that he's a mega 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 superstar there that's what they show I don't know if that's necessarily true is it is Gabriel Medina a mega mega superstar It seems to me that he is he could be I mean, I mean him he has, he has around a million, and yeah, panning around with Neymar yeah and his but Neymar's millions. like a Neymar's like a full-on past his prime soccer player they still retain celebrity status there sure so so Gabriel is ultra famous in Brazil let's posit that I suppose so what does he need anything else for I mean yeah. Not that he, not that he ultra fame is matters, but if he's like, I don't need to show you anything. I've got every, I've got money. Yeah, I've got fame. I think ego. I mean, more world titles, more you know, more that. But in terms of showing anything to the right to the American right. or Western public, who cares? Right, right. Um, are you out of here at one? Yeah. Okay. So for listeners, we got a hard out in fifteen minutes, so I'm gonna skip some stuff in my notes. We'll come back to it next week if we can. Essential viewing this week, though, it needs to be stated. Ragland Surf Report. Oh, the Did best. Did you watch the recent one? Him, I, the send-up on vloggers? Yes. Oh, my gosh. He is, I mean, Luke Cederman is a funny, funny, funny man. I mean, I. it was five minutes long, so I was inclined to not watch it. But after a couple of different people posted how funny it was, I'm like, all right, I'll sit through it. Within 30 seconds, I'm like, dude, Luke, give me more. Yeah. Go 30 minutes long. Yeah. It's so well done back to stinking make or break though not to keep coming back how do you not have luke a guy like luke cederman out there right that'd be incredible i mean that would be like him kind of spoofing surfing to like that'd be incredible uh, yeah so make or break producers if you ever listen so go deeper so here's what i worry about and it's kind of related to that how long can cederman go on are we seeing peak cederman right now because there's nobody in surfing, who's offering him a job? It'd be epic if the WSL said, hey, come and do this. But if Luke's just left to his own devices, you get burned out. You don't feel fully validated. Like, I mean, maybe you just run out of creativity because you're doing the same thing over and over and over again. You're right. I worry about that. And I, like, I feel this way with Jonathan Wayne Freeman, too, who I interviewed a while back and I forgot to ask him, how long can you go on? Yeah. Like, how long can you turn it into selfie mode and, and do it. And do it. Yeah. And really, into your 30s and 40s is the question. I don't know how long you're even interested to continue doing it. I mean, but I think, Cederman, I'm like, I, I don't want this to go away. I think that uh, Jonathan Wayne Freeman made it his job. 
right? Yeah. And so now he's going to be compelled to do it. He has to. He has to. That's how he's going to put food on the table. I don't know if Cedarman, Cedarman probably, I mean, obviously he's still a sponsored surfer. Like Cedarman surfs very well. And that series, Ragland Surf Report, is sponsored by uh, Beef Jack Jerky. Links. Jack yeah. Slings, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so who knows if he doesn't have to. I mean, it's funny. I found myself uh, Instagramming. I, I'm obviously not like the personality on the Instagram. I'm just ripping dumb stuff and putting it up. Even that exhausts me to the point now where I'm doing it less and less and less. And I'm, you know, I'm maybe all, maybe all, all the way done with. I've, I've, yeah, I've run out of steam on it. Like it's not. It's really a hamster wheel that doesn't have a lot of gratification. The only thing that I truly like is communicating with people. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm thinking about just putting the static email me if you want to chat. Well, I didn't use Instagram for the last two months, and downloads did not drop off one iota. Yeah. No, it doesn't. I mean, Instagram for Beach Grit, like, that's the thing. If you're trying to push something, the algorithm is so stacked against you of them wanting you to pay for it that I get the only thing I get from my Instagram account is the pleasure of meeting other people that right. otherwise wouldn't have emailed me. Right. Outside of that, the uh, I can't I can't promote a book through it. Like right. I'll put a I'll put some dumb video up and it'll get ten thousand views. I will put a picture of my book up and say, "Hey, Stephi wrote a book," and it will get ten likes. <laughs> right? Like and it, it's not because people well, aren't, don't want to. I think it's, it just doesn't get served to anybody. Correct. It you will really have to be working the algorithm. And that takes a lot of time. Yeah. And it's tedious. Can't do it. I was talking yesterday, actually, to or texting with Justin Jay, because he has a podcast yeah. called The Plug. Justin Jay gets the best guests on there. It's all A-list all the time. Man. So that's that's what we were talking about. He had Tony Hawk Yeah. on a recent show. And um, I was like, man, you're killing it, blah, blah, blah. He's like, yeah, we just need listeners. Yeah. He's three seasons in. And I go, well, you should have no problem if you just got your guests, to Ireland, Instagram. Baldwin, yeah. whoever, to uh, promote it. You should be fine. He goes, dude, there's so much white noise on Instagram. It's not even worth using anymore. Yeah. And that's when I told him, too. I go, yeah, I don't. I haven't used it. I just started again this last week because I wanted to engage with a few things. But um, when I wasn't for two months, it didn't affect anything. When, when Beach Grit lost, you know, we had, it wasn't a ton, but we had 120,000 maybe followers. You would imagine that that would hurt your business. A slight, at least a slight dip in traffic. Honest to goodness, zero effect on traffic. Yeah. Zero, zero effect. Yeah. I think what happened with Facebook, and this is probably happening now with Instagram, was it used to be free free flowing engagement then when they introduced the business model if you weren't paying to advertise your stuff just wasn't seen unless you're just doing like fluff that doesn't matter right you can yeah. still you can still have a meme account that will get big the second you try to sell something or push something or promote something on that account well it, even even the meme account that does get big they're using you Kind yeah. of to keep the wheels spinning. Yeah. So that has value to them, you know? People are sharing it. But, but I mean, I'm saying that the, the algorithm will allow you to share stupid stuff all yeah. day long. As okay. soon as you try to promote or push or talk about or direct any kind of anything, you're just yeah. done. Must be pain. Um, quick, true grit or clickbait stuff? Quote, World Surf League insults audience with sharply worded email. 
ahead of possible contest start. Quote, in case you've been living under a rock this past month, the Margaret River Pro will decide the midseason cut. End quote. Funny. Uh, I'm going to say true grit on this one. I did get that email. It's funny. I opened it and thought, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> like, pump your brakes. It felt to me like WSL drank too much of its own Kool-Aid of everyone's talking about this now with make or break coming. I feel that they really, WSL as an organization is feeling really good about itself right now. Uh, and so like, of course, everybody's paying attention to everything we're doing. So, hey, dummies, gonna tell you again. <laughs> yeah. Insults audience by saying you've been living under a, in case you've been living under a rock. It was funny. I laughed at it. Uh, and no explanation, exclamation point. I really try one. these days not to if it's if I'm pulling a direct quote and it's not an exclam- exclamation in the quote. Okay. Uh, quote, world's richest man, Elon Musk, completes stunning purchase of messaging app Twitter, striking possible fear into the heart of surfing great and cryptocurrency visionary Kelly Slater. Ooh. Exclamation point. Pure clickbait. Pure clickbait. I'm not even sure how these things are connected. Unadulterated clickbait. It was that, remember when Kelly went after Elon? No. Oh, Kelly went after Elon uh, for, uh, on Face or on Instagram for, I don't know, Elon no longer took or offered Tesla, I think. You could buy one with Bitcoin. And then said, no, I'm not going to do that anymore because Bitcoin is bad for the environment. Right. And Kelly went right. after him. Kelly went after Elon. Because Kelly's heavy in Bitcoin. In crypto, and so yeah. he was mad that Elon was tanked. tank. Exactly. And so this was just enough. Like, I loved that story when it came up initially. And so this was a just a way to rewarm a story that was near and dear to my heart. Got it. Got it. Got it. Uh, any thoughts on Elon's purchase of Twitter? Well, I mean, to me, it's sort of seems like it's dangerous to have the world's richest man own the platform for conversation uh that doesn't seem like it makes sense you know not that twitter is the only one but like a major platform for theater and i know it's not free speech but at least for speech um the fact that dorsey is behind it and i suppose if elon puts a bunch of safeguards in place that blocks him from the actual control of the thing then i think that's fine enough then why would he want it if he actually believes in free speech, if like it's not just, he's the world's richest man already, right? Well, how much more do you need if he thinks, I believe in free speech to the point where I can buy this thing because I have world world's richest man here. So I'm gonna buy this thing, not to make money, but to preserve free speech. There's no chance that this is a philanthropic move and he wants to preserve free speech. There's he's, zero chance. He's just weird enough to me no that way. I think that might be in there. If Jeff Be- Bezos bought it, then I would say no chance. Elon wants to remain the world's richest man and owning communication channels is a surefire way to ensure that. But does Twitter make money? No, well, that's the business opportunity. That's the business opportunity is Jack Dorsey is so underperformed as a CEO and that stock has and the companies, while every other tech company that started at the same time has seen 8,000% return in the same amount of time, Twitter's completely flatlined. And Elon sees that as a huge opportunity to 800% it. 
like he did with Tesla. I mean, you could be right. That's all it is. Could be right. And under the guise of free speech, like just making that the conversation. If that's if that's all he's move. if that's all he's doing is making a bunch of money off it, then that's fine. His with goal me too, is to make a bunch of yeah. money. Off. Yeah, no, no question. I'm not against any of it, by yeah. the way. Sweet. And I don't dislike him either. Um, let's go to quick commercial. Come back with Barrow now. Great. When you're hiring for a small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role, and there's no faster or effective way than through LinkedIn Jobs. Your time and capital are precious, and there is a powerful resource that can help you focus on what you're good at and integrate people into your team seamlessly to help grow your business. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team efficiently and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. Everyone is already on LinkedIn with their resumes and references, and now LinkedIn has designed a hiring platform to connect you with candidates specifically qualified for the job that you post about. More than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set to help us all advance our position. 2.5 million businesses already use LinkedIn for hiring, and 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's that fast, easy to use, and effective. LinkedIn Jobs can help you write job descriptions, filter the right person to you, and give you the tools to help you interview them like a pro. LinkedInjobs.com surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally free. That's linkedinjobs.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, Chaz, we're back. Uh, we're going to get you out of the door real quick here. I got a Barrel and Awe phone message. I'm not going to play it for you. I'll just word it for you. Forcing your kid to surf. But the caveat from the caller was, obviously, you don't want to be this tiger parent who's like, I surf, you got to surf. He was kind of explaining that all the things he didn't want to do as a kid were actually good for him. And surfing is 
embedded with all these good character building, discipline, all this sort of stuff. So he thinks it's actually a good thing. Forcing your kid to surf. Thousand percent. You burn your kid out, great. There's one less surfer in the lineup. Uh, (laughs) Also, the, yeah, doing what you don't want to do. Being cold. I mean, surfing is great, I feel, for character in, it's you know, unless you live in a warm water place, you know, whatever. Like, even then, like, surfing's not easy. And to force a kid to do something that's not easy is great for the kid. Yeah. Like, we're all, everybody's gotten too soft of just doing soft things and easy things, right? Agreed. Don't do soft things and easy things. I think every kid should go be forced to paddle in. You face your fear, fear of whatever, sharks drowning, you know. Like, there's a bunch of stuff, I think, inherent or involved with surfing that makes it a perfect tool to give your kid a little backbone. I agree. And it's the best of all the rough things that your kids could be forced to do. You're not going to get a head injury. Right. Exactly. Less. Um, Unless Tosh tutors. Um, And also, uh, I like your initial take, which was burn them out. Yeah. So they get by the time they're 16, they never want to do it again. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yep. Okay, cool. Forcing your kid to surf, very barrel. Uh, Ice baths. This is in light of Rob Kelly, who I mentioned in the Bubba Coos segment of the show. Rob Kelly, apparently, I don't follow his blog, but apparently is going into the ocean every day. I think he's catching three waves. Wet wet right? In trunks. Yeah. Every day for one year, surfing in trunks for three waves. He lives in New Jersey. The water gets down into the 40s, and he's going to catch three waves. And the air is in the, what, 20s? Yeah, it's snowing on the beach. Uh, I'm I'm Big Barrel. Ice bath. Big Barrel. Uh, Again, we're all too soft, man. However you can make yourself uncomfortable in this day and age, jump at the opportunity. I think a lot of it's a trend, though, now, and that part of it rubs me the wrong way. The the trendy part of it is lame, and the health benefit talk is lame, and all of that is lame. Purely toughen up. You know what I'm for? Natural cold water bath. So go into the ocean. Go into the ocean. But if you're buying a $500 tub that you're putting in your backyard. If you're buying anything, you, you did it the wrong Buying an ice way. machine. If you did it, if you're buying anything, you did it the wrong way. Even if you can't go in the ocean, just cold shower it. Sure. I'll give you that. Yeah. But if you're buying an ice machine. To get your, to fair. get your parasympathetic, right. blah, 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 exactly. like for all that stuff, you're doing it the wrong way. Just yeah. toughen up. The polar bear club guy, all that stuff is epic. Great. Yeah. Toughen up. I, even wearing a wetsuit, I've found myself enjoying uh cold water sure just because i don't get to surf nearly as much now yeah. and it's like i just it's so wakes yeah it's invigorating yeah. that's exactly what it is all right barrel um barrel or not clapping when a plane lands oh um of course my initial instinct here is no barrel but why not you're celebrating you're enjoying that you're the people who clap, if you got on that plane thinking, there's a decent chance this plane could go down, and you still got on it, and feel good enough when it lands that you applaud at the end, I tip my cap to you for being super, super brave. There's never once that I've, oh, maybe once, I've gotten, oh, definitely once, I've gotten, I've gotten on some sketchy airplanes. But usually a commercial airliner, I don't get on thinking, there's a chance. This thing could be going down. So that person that you just described, that's one every 40 flights. Yeah. The other, but there's 40 people on every flight clapping. It's just, they're not afraid they were going to die. But why are they clapping then? Because they're, they're dumb. 
but they're <laughs> <laughs> they're just dummies. You know what I mean? Like, or, or it's the first time they've ever flown on a flight. So maybe. great though, but like exuberance. I'm not going to shame exuberance. I if am. it's your first time and you're clapping, great. If you really thought you were going to die and you survived, great. I'm going to say are, the the people who are rote, nobody's rotely clapping. Every, even the dumbest of the dumb think they're clapping for a reason. People get roped into it because a couple of dumb people start clapping. Okay, wait a second. If you start clapping because somebody else clapped, then you're lame. Don't do that. The, if, that is part of it for sure. The person who feels compelled to clap. I tip my cap, sir. The person compelled to clap is the same person who drives under a freeway overpass and has to honk. Or hold their breath. Or hold their breath. (laughs) Or, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, does all these... I like it, though. I don't like it. Our our lives are too boring. Spice it up. It's the same way I like... What did we talk about years ago, months ago? The uh, vanity plates or stickers or something where I was all barrel for it of, like, spice it up. Any way you can spice up this mundane existence we're wading through i don't know man i feel like uh celebrating the superficial things is everything stupid it makes yeah it's like actually do something have an achievement and then celebrate that like put some work in put some effort in survive an actual threat clap for that but just like the celebrating of live laugh love makes me feel makes me feel like you have zero going on, so now you're just celebrating this superficial thing because your life is that vacant you really, of actual things. You really you know? changed my mind. You know what I mean? You really changed like, my mind Like, clapping this, this, this plane land, like, I've been on a bunch of planes. They all landed. It's normal. Do you clap when your car makes it to the destination? What if you did? I don't know. Maybe it is a better person than me. <laughs> Maybe I'm just so cynical. I don't know. But all I know is when the plane lands and they start doing it, I'm like, you guys better... Get you guys, off the plane quick. You guys have low IQ yeah. and you're annoying the crap out of me. That's how I feel about it. What about when people clap at movies at the end of a movie? If it's a phenomenal cinema experience that compels you to clap when you would never otherwise clap, I want to see that movie. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, great show. Thanks, bubbacoos.com slash surf. It's and l- ain't pulling no one's leg here. It's honestly phenomenal. I think so too. Couldn't have been happier. Great kids, great experience in the shop too with all the surf vibes. So thanks to them. And Chaz, uh, enjoy your afternoon in La Mirada. You too, David. All right, until next week. Bon voyage.